Good morning. How many of you can see the chains up there? Yeah, so this morning I'm believing that the Holy Spirit will break every chain. But we know that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. Amen? And so when I saw those chains, I thought of my favorite song. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Come on, help me, guys. Are you here? I don't know if it was the right key. To break every chain, break every chain. Break every chain. There is power in the name of Jesus. The wonderful name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain. I command every distracting, intimidating voice that is not of God to shut up right now in Jesus' name. We declare the name of Jesus in this room. We thank you that greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. We have the power of a resurrecting Savior living in us. So come on, wake up. got no option. Okay. All right. Awesome. So a few years ago at Shout, I had uh, a friend that I had been praying for. Uh, she, she was someone that I went to school with and I, her face just kept popping up. So I prayed and prayed for, you may be seated. So I prayed and prayed for her and I was like, Lord, I have no contact number for her. And so the Holy Spirit said, just keep praying. And I kept on seeing her face. And then, you know, there's a thing called Facebook. Yeah, I know. Uh, So I checked her on Facebook and I found her and we reconnected. And so I thought, oh, I'll invite her to church. So I said, do you want to come to church? And she said, no. Uh, And I went, oh, okay. 
And I didn't stop at the first no, at the first like, she just said, look, I don't really like church, it's really boring. I said, you haven't come to my church. So anyway, uh, to cut a long story short, uh, we hire the Auckland Town Hall and other venues. And she had recently, uh, she had recently got a job as venue staff at the Auckland Town Hall. Little did she know that God had hooked her up. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, so she was there and I said, you've come to church. She said, yeah, I'm just working here. I said, that's really awesome. So she came to Shout Conference, because she had to, because she was venue staff working. At, uh, at that time, we were at the Altair Centre having Shout Conference. Who was there? Yeah, I can't see, I've got bad eyesight anyway. So we were in the Altair Centre and she was standing upstairs and it was one of those meetings where I was like believing for healing because I, I get asthma from time to time and people were standing up and she was, you know, minding her own business, minding her own business. But I've seen the impossible happen. So she was minding her own business, wearing the uniform. She was standing upstairs and uh, I think it was Russell Evans and he said, okay, there's someone uh, who has back and neck issues. And right now the Holy Spirit is healing you right now. She starts convulsing. She starts crying. And uh, one of our hosting team were watching her and she said, what's happening to me? She's had back and neck issues all her life. And can I just say something? She wasn't a Christian. And in that moment, suddenly God healed her. Thank you, Jesus. But you know the selfish part of me was, hey, I was standing up for healing. I've been saved a long time. I'm like, you just stole my healing. Have you ever felt like that? Like, you know, she doesn't even know about the blood of Jesus. So, you know, so she gets totally healed. She is instantly healed. So I talked to her afterwards and I said, don't you think it's about time you give your heart to Jesus? And she said, no. I was like, what? I said, I will have your healing Thank you. But if you're in this room right now and you need a miracle, and I'm talking about healing, okay, have you got back or neck issues? Maybe you've got orthopedic stuff going on, you know, with the bones. I'm not a doctor, I'm sorry, I don't, you know, that's orthopedics, isn't it, bones? Can, can you verify? Thank you, Dr. Ruku. Uh, Muscle conditions, whatever it is, maybe it's a genetic thing, I want you to stand right now. Because this is what I'm believing, that God can break every chain, every chain of sickness, every chain of long-term pain. If you've got chronic fatigue as well, I want you to stand. If you can, maybe you can't, but just sit there and, and just receive right now. Receive your healing. And I want the team to sing. There is healing in the name of Jesus that can break every chain. In the name of Jesus. 
that shout I had a shoulder condition uh, it was really really painful and I remember uh, we had another healing altar call and I was standing there and the Holy Spirit said to me Kathy you need to forgive that's right I'm a pastor and I had an offense my name is Kathy this is offenders anonymous okay so I was offended at someone because it can happen. Because you know, we need to have tough skin and a soft heart, right? And so I was standing right there where Mark Collard is, wave your hand. And there was an altar call for healing and I was like, that's me. Don't you hate it when the Holy Spirit says, okay, do you really want to be healed? I'm like, of course I do. That's why I've got my hand up. So I had my hand up and the Lord spoke to me and said, you need to forgive that person. And I was like, no, don't want to. They're horrible, can't stand them. Now I know we're called to love and I, you know, we know this, but when you're in the position where you have to forgive, it's like really uncomfortable. So I stood there and I was fighting, like everyone thought I looked spiritual, but in my, I was just fighting with the Holy Spirit. Don't wanna forgive them. No, they don't deserve my forgiveness. And then the Lord reminded me, you can talk, Kathy. I forgave you when I hung on the cross. Now don't you tell me that you're an angel, Kathy. You're not an angel. And in that moment, I had to make a decision. I will forgive. It was the hardest five minutes. It was like, okay, I forgive you. But then the Lord said, say that person's name. And I was like, oh, you know, you say their name quietly. Then in there, the Holy Spirit came upon me and I was instantly healed. Now, I'm not saying that your healing is attached to unforgiveness and, you know, like your, your, your ailments, whatever it is. But for me, it was that. So if you're in this room and you're saying, God, who do I need to forgive? Holy Spirit, I just pray right now that you would speak to us clearly. We thank you that you love us, that you're for us. We thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper in the name of Jesus. 
Amen. You may be seated if you're still standing. Thank God for your healing, by the way. If you don't feel it now, or you're like, just keep thanking him. There's something, thank you, team. You're awesome. Now, just a little bit about me. I have three daughters. I have two teenagers and a, and a little one. Well, she's not that little. Um, she's nearly 10 years old. Uh, I'm married to Sam, and uh, the way that God speaks to me is in pictures. So when I was 15 years old, I had a series of three dreams, and in those dreams, uh, I slipped over in mud, and the guy that lifted me up, um, I couldn't recognize him, and in the second dream, um, I was having breakfast with Sam, he was an older man, and I was like, what's going on here? I'm 15 years old, who's this older man? Anyway, so the third dream... Uh, we, yeah, we were just having a conversation, and in the dream, there was so much love. I was like, I love you, you know. And I remember telling my brother-in-law, I said, because he's a godly man, I said, well, I keep on having these dreams. And at the time, I wasn't even attracted to Sam, I'm just saying, you know? I was focusing on Jesus. So, uh, so my brother-in-law said, you'll probably marry him. I went, no way. So here you go. Uh, he was the man of my dreams. Oh, stop it, stop it, okay. Hey, but if you're having any dreams like that, you know, just check with a godly person. Um, don't go, oh, I'm gonna marry that person. It doesn't mean that, that was just, yeah, that was me. So I had this picture um, before I came uh, up on the stage, and the picture was this. Now, if you're an Aucklander, you'll totally understand. Um, it's, it's to do with traffic. So, uh, so in my prophetic picture, uh, we, were all in a, a traf- uh, we were all in traffic and we were moving forward. But don't you hate it when there's someone distracted on their phone and, and they just, it, it comes to a standstill? Like, you know, um, to be honest, I'm one of those drivers. I will like help you along. Beep, 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 beep. Hurry up, you know. I know that is the BC Kathy before Christ. But I do get frustrated when people are distracted on their phones and they're just, you know, or someone's daydreaming, you know, looking up at the sky. I'm like, come on, move it. And I really believe that God is wanting us to move. Just move it, move forward. Don't let, you know, uh, I don't know, your past keep you in a standstill. Don't like think, oh God, you know, this is a lovely world. It is a lovely world, but you know what? People are dying. And my message for you today is there are gaps. Now, if you look around, you'll see that there are empty seats. And for me, that is really frustrating. I'm the kind of person that I will get on my knees and say, come on, God, do something in this nation. And he's like, I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you, Kathy. And so I've made it my purpose to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because you know what? There's this awesome, awesome saying. 
Everybody wants to change the world, right? But nobody wants to do the dishes. There's a great scripture in Ezekiel 22, verse 30. And it says this, I looked for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. I searched for someone to stand in the gap and I found no one. God is looking. He's looking for you to step up and step into the gap. Not just in prayer. I love praying for people. But you know what? It took me to physically go on Facebook, find my friend, and invite her. It takes you to have that awkward conversation with someone at work. Well, this is what I believe. Because I love, I love those statements where they say, you know, um, you know, we just, just live, just live. You don't have to say any words. Just preach the gospel with no words, and I love that. But you know what? You need to follow it up with words. Um, if you know me, I, I, I see through the filter of, of, of humor. Like, I think if you're a pastor in this room or a leader, you need a good sense of humor. Because church life, man, is I was like, woo! You know, there are some stories, and um, I really want to do a documentary on church life, but... In, in, in the form of comedy, it'd be awesome. If the Lord permits me, you know. But there are moments where God will say, come on, Kathy, you need to step up. At, at the point where it's really uncomfortable. At the beginning of this year, my auntie, who, uh, she's my mother's younger sister, she passed away. And she was a humorous lady. She was she was generous, she was kind, and my mother had the opportunity to share the gospel with her on her deathbed. And she lives in Sydney, so, I, you know, I said to mum, do I have to go to the funeral? Because, you know, if you're a Polynesian in this room, our funerals last for a long time. You know, the, de the whole process is like, um, I don't know for you uh, international people, but we have the, the dead body with us and in the, you know, all that stuff. And I, um, I'm not a slick person. I, you know, I'm not like, I am really super awkward. And so I said to my mum, oh, I don't think I can go to the funeral. It was in Sydney, 40 degrees. I was like, eh, no thanks. And mum said, can you please come? This is, you know, in January of this year. And my mum said to me, Kathy, I want you to share the gospel at the funeral. And I went, what? Because seriously, when I'm nervous, I do a nervous laugh. And so I said, mum, not the right crowd. I'm gonna let you down, mum. Don't, don't, you know, she said, I need you to step up. So I booked the ticket. And you know, when you have like family that are like, the Disney family, the beautiful family. That's on my other side, right? <laughs> I had to go to a family. So just to, just to give you a bit of a, a, an insight into our family, we have the good side and then we have the dark side. 
and the dark side live in Sydney. And I said to mum, oh boy, I'm not talking about skin color by the way, you know. Even though we are dark, I'm just saying. So, uh, so bought a ticket to Sydney and I was just dying. Like I said to mum, where are we staying? And she said, oh, at auntie's house. Where are we sleeping? In auntie's bed. I'm a bit of a germaphobe, so I'm like, did you change the sheets? Did she, was she in? Anyway, so I'm that child, okay? I'm that child. And I was like, God, why? Why have you done this to me? I don't want to do this. I was so reluctant. Step up, Kathy, step into the gap. My family hadn't heard the gospel. They hadn't heard the gospel in Sydney, and I was just, I just really, really had to rely on the Holy Spirit, because everything in me was like, oh boy, this is just, this is hard. So I, I hadn't seen my cousins in a long time. It had been 12 years, maybe more, and, and so we were, you know, when you catch up, and oh, so what do you do now? And uh, they're four grown men. They're really big. They look like security guards. Um, if you know Polynesian men, they, they're huge. And, uh, and their mum just passed away, and so we were catching up and, you know, um, getting all the, all the stuff aside. So I just said, oh, so, um, you know, I'm a pastor now. And they were like, cool, cool. I said, so what, what's been happening with you? One of them said I was in prison. And I was like, okay. In my head, I'm like, please let it not be for murder, you know. My other cousin said, yeah, I was in prison too, cuz. I was like, what? And it's funny, because we were sitting there and we're like, okay, so you've been in prison, prison, I'm a pastor, what are we gonna talk about? So I told them, yeah, I'm just going to share at your mum's funeral. And they were like, what are you going to talk about? And I said, oh, Jesus. And they were like, sweet, cuz. They hadn't heard the gospel. And um, I didn't realize that uh, the church that I was going into was a traditional Samoan church where you wear the hats, you know, the dresses are up to here. My mother said to me, what are you wearing to the funeral? And I said, oh, I've got this nice number. And mum said, no, you're not wearing that number. So we went to this Muslim shop. <laughs> she bought me this dress. It was up to here, down to there. It was 40 degrees. I was sweating. Come the funeral day. I was like, God, please get me out of here. And we, you know, we were preparing stuff. Um, I had the job of picking the picture, the photo for on top of the casket. And we were just, you know, reminiscing about how funny my auntie was. She was hilarious. And so we picked this really nice photo of her. It was beautiful. We had it on top of the casket and someone replaced it. They put a photo of her. She wasn't a tiny woman, I'm just saying that, of her holding a jumbo packet of M&Ms. 
They replaced it with that photo. I couldn't laugh, because it was a funeral. I said to mum, well, why, why are they using that photo for? I can't share the gospel and look at that photo. She's holding a packet of M&Ms, it's like jumbo size. And she, you know, it, it was terrible. So we walk in and if you've ever walked into a traditional Polynesian church, laughter is a sin. You don't laugh or smile. So I walked in and you know, it's my, ah, ha, ha, you know, how are you? Yeah, it's just like everyone was staring at me with daggers in their eyes. And when it came time for me to share, I was just, I was sweating. Probably because, you know, my outfit was like, seriously, I don't know how you could do it as a Muslim. It's like so hot. Anyway, so it was like, anyway. So I went up and I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll tell a joke. Wrong crowd, <laughs> wrong situation. Like, know your crowd, Kathy. Anyway, so I stood there and I said, what about that photo with Auntie and the M&Ms, right? Ha, 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 yeah. And they looked at me and they were just, shh, 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 die, die. And so I started to share about Jesus. Actually, when I, when I told that joke, my mother was like this. <laughs> so I started to share about Jesus and I can't really remember it, probably because of the daggers. And uh, I was standing there and I thought, look, I've been obedient. I've shared the gospel, and I look at my cousins and they're crying. These are growing men crying. And I'm thinking, oh, they're just crying because you know, they're grieving over their mother. And they came up to me afterwards and they said, thank you so much, cuz. We've never heard that before. We wanna go to church. But you know what I said, don't go to that church. <laughs> Because I'll kill you with daggers anyway. So I gave them suggestions of good, godly churches where they laugh and they smile and, you know, got the Holy Spirit. I searched for someone and found no one. God is asking you to step it up. Step up. I'm inspired by Jesus. He bridged the gap for us. Jesus bridged the gap. And I just wanna to read to you from Philippians 2. Two, five to 11, it says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he, was, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges 
He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. I'm just sniffing. Here you go. Stop, snot in Jesus' name. Okay. That at, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Thank you, Jesus. Acts 4.12 says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. He stepped into the gap for us. So I am inspired by Jesus. I am inspired by what he did. So it is our privilege to step into the gap for others. See, I see these chairs and I'm so frustrated. I have a brother who doesn't know Jesus. I have a brother who doesn't know Jesus. There have been countless times when my sister and I have shared with him. He knows, he knows. But I can see him. I can see him lifting his hands. I can see him giving his heart to Jesus. When, and we were singing, while I'm waiting, I'm not waiting because heaven lives in me. See, waiting isn't just being stationary. While I'm waiting, I'm not waiting because heaven lives in me. What are you waiting for? God is waiting for you. It's like what Pastor Samuel Rodriguez said with the the senses of an automatic door. It's waiting for you so it can open up. It's waiting for you so you can share your faith with someone. It's waiting for you. God, I am expecting my healing in Jesus' name. It's waiting for you. It's waiting for you. There's no time to be apathetic, pathetic, and complacent about the gospel of Jesus. I just get really frustrated. I get frustrated at myself. Like that person in the car daydreaming, I've got time. That person on the phone, distracted. You're holding up the traffic. I've got time. You're checking out your Instagram. No, you don't have time. Life is short, as we heard from Dr. Patrick Dixon. Life is short. We're not called to be the Rotary Club. We're not called to be even the chess club. We're not called to be a rugby league club. We're not called to do that. We're called to influence the world with the love of Jesus to spread the gospel. There's something inside of me that goes, come on God. I go, yeah, this is an awesome conference, but you know, next year I wanna bring more people. I remember asking my personal trainer to come to church and he had never set foot in church. He's from, I think, Barnsley in the UK. I couldn't understand a word he was saying. 
Um, and I said, come to church, check it out. So he came to church and it's amazing when you see through the eyes of an unsaved person. So he walks into church, he, he, he said, oh, she's all right. Checking out the girls. I said to him, if you look at another girl, I'm gonna poke your eyes out. He said, okay, okay, okay. I said, you know what? They're not looking at you anyway. They only like godly men. <laughs> Note to self, if you're single here, don't go for plan B. Go for someone who is godly, who is following after Christ. Hey, that was for free, okay? That was for free. That reminds me, I wanna start this dating app for single people. I was thinking of calling it Tender, like Tender Loving Care, where all our pastors can give you pastoral references. Hey, hey, that could be dangerous, right? We can give you five stars. We can tell you if that person's planted in church. If you know how to start an app here, you know, see me after the service. I really want to do it. Like, seriously, I've got a good track record with one couple, okay? Just saying. So I brought this guy to church and he was checking out everyone and I was telling him, I was just saying, look, I'm gonna punch you in the face if you do that again. Like, don't look at anyone. So he walked in and he said to me, wow, did you hire all these people? I said, no. <laughs> no, anyway, so he walked in. He said, how do you pay for all this stuff? He goes, wow. And the service started and he was looking around and he goes, who are you singing to? I said, Jesus. He goes, where is he? I'm just standing here going, wow, like, I need to up my theology game, right? So, um, so anyway, I was like, shh, just talk to me after, anyway. And it was one of those services where we had a guest speaker and he told us to grab the person, grab the person's hand next to us. And he said, I'm not holding this pufter's hand. I said, shush. Because he had to hold another guy's hand, right? So he was like, not doing that, not doing that. And so he's sitting there and everyone's like, amen. Yeah, come on. And he turns around and he says, shh, shush. And I said to him, no, 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 they're agreeing. He said, oh, it's rude. <laughs> so if you're new to this faith stuff, if you're new to church and you're sitting there and you're going, why are they going, amen, come on. We're just coming into agreement. We're not, cra oh, well, we are crazy. That is a crazy thing, right? We need to give people who don't know Jesus a taste, a taste and maybe you're like, oh, but I can't bring anyone. Just sow seeds. Sow seeds.
I have coffee um, with this lady. We, um, she's a businesswoman, and we, we always sit down and just talk about life. And she's one of those ladies who, who, who just doesn't want to get involved with church. She, she likes the guy in church, and she just said, why do I have to give my heart to Jesus and do all that stuff? And so we're sitting down and I loved what Pastor Sammy Rodriguez said. He said, don't water down the gospel. It's about the truth and love. Truth and love. I had to break it down to her and give her the truth. She didn't like it, but she appreciated it. And I just said to her, Life is too short. It says in the book of James that our, our, our life is like a morning fog. Here today, gone tomorrow. And I said, I can talk to you about Jesus and, and you can listen. And, but I said, time is short. And we sit there in the cafe and she's like, oh, I don't want to give my life to Jesus. So I said to her, don't then. Don't. We don't need you. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that, right? Okay, don't judge me. But you've got to be really honest with people. No time to dilly-dally around the fields, beat around the bush. People need to hear the truth and love. Right, right. I'm inspired by Moses. It says in Psalm 106, verse 23, therefore he said he would destroy, destroy them. And he would have done so, this is God, had not Moses, his chosen one, stepped into the gap before him to turn away his wrath from destroying them. Had it not been for Moses, had it not been for you. Now think about the people in your world who don't know Jesus. Think about them. I'm talking about even the annoying people in your life, the annoying people in your world. God loves them too. Amen. God loves them too. We've got no excuse. We have no excuse, and I'm just, I say to myself, when I get to heaven, I'm going to be accountable for all the people that I've talked with, that I've done life with, and it's just going to be me and him, me and my maker. Have I done enough? And it's not about, you know, oh, you've got to strive and you, just be obedient. Humble yourself. I've had to humble myself many times and um, I don't find it that easy. And when you've been a Christian for so many years, God reminds me, just rely on me, just lean into me. You can do nothing without me. 
John 15 says, just lean into me, connect with me. I loved what Pastor Esther said last night about worship and praise and proximity and intimacy. Draw closer to him. We know that scripture in, uh, in James where it talks about God opposing the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I just want to finish with this. Uh, when I was 32 years old, I had the opportunity of learning how to swim. I know, embarrassing. So uh, 32 years of learning, of not knowing how to swim, it took me 32 years. And some of you may applaud and go, wow, that's awesome. That means that it's not too late. God can do anything, and yeah, I believe that. But why did it take me 32 years to learn how to swim? 32 years, I had resources around me. I had the opportunity to get a swimming instructor when I was younger. What happened was when I was six years old, I nearly drowned. And so from that moment, fear had paralyzed me. But you know what kept me there? Pride. 32 years of being proud enough to say, no, I don't need anyone's help. I'm drowning. I don't need your help. But humility says, God, I need you. I need your help. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. You're stupid without him. You're stupid without God. Seriously, you need him in your life. 32 years, Holy Spirit said to me, come on, Kathy, humble yourself and get some lessons. Learn how to swim. Don't rely on your kids to save you if you're drowning. Because my kids at that time were like, they're still better swimmers than me. But I was telling them to get lessons and yet I wasn't doing anything myself. And here's the thing, evangelism or sharing the gospel isn't just for the evangelist, but God has called us all to go. He has called us all to go. He doesn't just want you to like, for me, I was telling them, yeah, you, you need to, I was telling my kids, get lessons, and they're getting lessons. And meanwhile, I was standing there going, okay, God, what about me? I need to do something about it. So I did something about it. It was humiliating, really, really embarrassing. When you're 32 years old and you have to learn how to swim, you have to use a flutterboard. You know, for the, the five-year-olds, anyway. I remember going up and signing up my name for a beginner's swimming class. Signing up my name. And I said to the girl, okay, can I have an old instructor, please? I want an older woman who's slightly blind. Um, and she said to me, oh, sorry, we've only got one guy that can teach you how to swim. And I was like, okay. So she pointed him out. He looked like an Olympian. 
He was from Brazil. Washboard abs. I wasn't checking him out. I was just like, oh God, this is so embarrassing. Ma, I don't want to do this. But I had to humble myself and say, I don't know everything. Can you teach me? We have the Holy Spirit who is our teacher, our counselor. And sometimes we can rely on our own strength. We can rely on what we know, but the Holy Spirit knows so much more. My swimming instructor knew so much more. The first lesson I was just like, I hate this, this is humiliating. The second lesson, I was in the pool, I was like, yeah, I can do this. And I could hear our youth. I was like, I thought I was in a pool where no one knew me. I could hear our youth, Pastor Kathy. Hi. I'm just glad at that time they couldn't afford phones, okay? Because I was like, don't film me. Oh, this is, you know. And they were waving to me, hey. But do you know what? In that area, I had to step up, but I had to humble myself. And fear can do that. Fear can paralyze you, but it's your pride that keeps you there. And in a moment, I want you to respond. Because there are some people here, right? You may be married and you're going through some stuff. We had to see, we had to talk to other couples about stuff we were going through. We have the Holy Spirit, but we've also got godly, wise people that we can talk to. So don't ever think I'm alone. No one understands. There are people that do understand and that's a lie from the enemy. For 32 years, I had isolated myself. I used excuse after excuse why I couldn't swim. And then finally, when I humbled myself and said, God, I need you, put my hands into that swimming instructor because he knew so much more about swimming than I did. And why am I saying this? Because there is a scripture in 2 Chronicles 7.14, when I was a teenager, that burned within my heart and it says, if my people who are called by my name and we are called by his name, would humble themselves and pray, is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? I daily need to get on my knees. Sometimes it's hard to get up because I'm older, but I do have to get on my knees and say, God, I need you today. As a parent, I need you today. I humble myself and I ask you, help me. Send someone to help me, Lord. Teach me about how to parent. The season. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, 
there's a lot of turning we have to do. And some people think, oh, wicked ways. I'm not wicked. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There has to be a turning away. You know what really got me when I was having coffee with my friend who doesn't know Jesus yet? She said to me, I know some Christians. And I went, cool. And she said, yeah, but you know what? They go clubbing. They get drunk. And I can't see a fat lot of difference. To use another word. I can't see the difference. You are called to be light. Salt, not salty, if you, if you know what I'm talking about. One of my pet peeves is people that go on social media and have all these stupid arguments about theological stuff. I'm like, come on. Get off social media. I feel like the chief bridesmaid of the bride, right? I get, I get really angry. And one time I wanted, a, I, I wanted to, you know, open up a new account with a different name. I thought of the name, Matthew Kunk. But then everyone would be like, oh, that's Kathy Monk. Okay. Because I'm like, how can I respond? Oh, God saying, just ignore them. Because you know what? It's not John 17 of you to start backbiting about people in church. Put it on social media. Don't be a goober. Man, imagine if pastors did that. Oh yeah, you know, our church people. Can I just say, Can you just execute some wisdom when it comes to social media? Don't get involved in foolish arguments. We're here to back one another, not backbite each other. So as I finish, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, also talks about seeking my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. As I finish, the challenge is if my people, it's not when my people, it's if. Is prayer your steering wheel or is it your spare tire when there's crisis? Father God, I thank you your presence is in this room. And Lord, we humble ourselves before you. We say, God, we need your help. We need you. We're desperate for you. We hunger and thirst after you. And we turn 
from our selfish ways. We turn. We turn from our old life. I turn from the BC, Kathy, the before Christ, because I am a new creation. Old things are past. Galatians 2.20 says, we have been crucified with Christ. We have been crucified with Christ. That was our old ways. That was our old way of thinking. That was our old life. We are new. Thank you, Jesus. Could you please stand? Now I could ask for a a response up the front, but you know what? This includes me as much as it involves all of you. Next year at Shout, or not just Shout, at church, in your business, at school, I want you to look at an empty seat. I want you to look at it never the same again because it's not just an empty seat. It says Moses stood in the gap for Aaron. Moses stood in the gap for his nation. There are nations represented in these seats. There are nations represented inside of you. You have the Holy Spirit's power inside of you. And so as we finish today, I want you to close your eyes. And say, Holy Spirit, I humble myself before you. We all have selfish ways and we turn, we turn, we seek your face. Father, on behalf of this nation, on behalf of my brother, Forgive me where I've been selfish. Forgive me where I've daydreamed and thought there's plenty of time. Father, we just respond to you right now on behalf of family and friends.
Jesus.